Hello and welcome to the Why God Why podcast. This is Peter Englert. We are on episode six, season one. And today we have a treat for you, a wonderful topic. Um, you'll hear more about our questions later, but basically today's topic and today's guest is about why does God hate good movies or good entertainment? You'll hear more about it. We'll, we'll tease it out, but we have a fantastic guest. Uh, John, you know our guest really well, and so do I, but I'll let you get the first stab at it. Yeah, I don't know that either one of us can encapsulate truly uh, this person in just a, a brief soliloquy, but I'll try. I'm actually uh, have been a part of a small group with Josh Eisenhart, who is our guest for the day for the last several years. And man, he is a ton of fun. One of the things I love about Josh is that he always gives me a big bear hug every time he sees me, and that and I think that bear hug will come right through the the microphone right out at at you as you're listening to to him talk here today. Um, Josh is someone who's very creative and very very uh, insightful as well. He's been in youth ministry for several years, and uh, here at Browncroft Community Church is uh, very very involved in youth ministry. Uh, and is someone who is on the front edge of thinking creatively and investing in this next generation. Uh, he's someone that I respect a ton. I love working with Josh. And, you know, one of my favorite things about Josh is the questions that he asks, because he also just thinks very deeply about art, about creativity, and about how that expresses the grace of God. So this is a wonderful episode for you to be a part of. Um, if you wonder if it's okay to what movies to watch, this is a great episode for you to really process and think through maybe what Jesus said, but maybe some of the things that you've heard that may not be true. So let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Why God Why podcast brought to you by Browncroft Community Church. My name is Harry Gibbs. I'm a member at Browncroft and I'm joined by my fellow host, Peter Engler, Director of Adult Ministries at Browncroft, and John Amayo, New York State Crew Director. Today's topic is Why God Why Does Jesus Hate Good Movies? Before we welcome in today's guest, let's take a moment to summarize what we mean with our question. And uh, inside baseball, it, it took us some time to get to this question. And uh, we, we're not going to necessarily focus just on good movies, but let's kind of uh, break down what we're uh, talking about here today. John, you know, it's funny that we landed at the, this question and hopefully we answer why Jesus hates good movies. <laughs> but um, I can remember being in high school and... It seemed to me that everybody was clear on what movies we should or shouldn't watch. And I grew up in a Christian home. And, you know, I even think about, you know, the people that I spend time with, like people that go to church and don't go to church. Like once Christianity enters the equation somehow, like either people don't feel comfortable saying, well, I watched this show or I watched it like almost like. I don't know what's going on. Or I feel like at some points, like if I said, hey, I really like X show that I'm going to be judged or something like that. So I feel like today's episode and with our wonderfully humorous, funny and talented guest that we're really going to hit this question and uh, just really kind of get to what does Jesus really feel about good movies and ultimately entertainment? 
Yeah, I, I agree. This is going to be a good one. Uh, I'm just anticipating that right now. It's always fun to have friends on the podcast. Uh, Josh, a great friend of all of us here. So this is going to be uh, the banter will commence, and I'm sure it will be fantastic. Uh, but yeah, as I think about this topic, I think it goes beyond just movies. I think uh, Christians aren't really known for creativity and being outstanding in their in that creative art space now. I, I was just at a um, uh, headquarters of an organization. I will not name it now uh, in this space, but uh, there were a lot of Thomas Kincaid paintings there. Have you guys seen Thomas Kincaid in a while? <laughs> the 1990s uh, Christian painter. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I look at Thomas Kin Kincaid paintings and a little part of me dies inside. It's like really bad. He's the painter of light, you know, all these cottages and like lighthouses and stuff. They were really huge nineties, man. He was, he was the Bob Ross of the nineties and, uh, boy, whoa, whoa, you don't look at, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah. that, that is, well, I know that, that was giving him, that is an insult to Bob Ross. That is. <laughs> so, so, uh, I was just sitting there and going like, wow, these paintings are everywhere inside of this, uh, corporate environment here. And this is saying what they really value. And I don't look at that as valuing creativity very highly. Yeah. So, um, I think it's, it's, whether it's, fair or not, uh, it's a criticism that can be leveled at, at Christians sometimes, and uh, it's worthy of investigating whether it's true or not. So Josh here, though, is a great person to have on with us as we discuss this. Why does Jesus hate good movies, Josh? Uh, would you tell us? He's a friend of ours. He's also a creative genius, somebody who uh, loves to create in all of its various forms and just has a really good love for movies in general, too. So, uh, Josh, welcome to the podcast. Hey, and it's great to be here. Yeah. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. Tell yeah. us a little bit about uh, your experience, if you will, with uh, this scene, like the idea, does Jesus hate Good movies, first right. of all. Like, right. Well, so yeah, so that's a, it's a great question. It's a little, you know, it's weighty if, if we can say that because it's, um, you know, I've been a youth pastor for 15 years. Uh, and so when you work with students, you're always, you know, engaged in the culture, or at least you should be. If you're not, you're, you're losing. Right. Uh, you're not going to be there very long. Um, and so, you know, from the very beginning, you know, I looked at, at the arts and creativity and music and uh, movies and just sort of looked at it from a point of view of, you know, how can I use this to explain better, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ? How can I help students who are engaging in this uh, area of culture over here to engage in their faith? And so, you know, it's pretty typical. You've taught a billion times. Pete's taught a billion times, uh, you know, using movie clips and those kind of things, um, just because it always illustrates the point. I always felt, felt like movies did a great job of doing those things better than a story that I could tell. Um, and especially with so many kids being visual learners, you know, it just made sense. So that was always sort of how I started with, uh, you know, into that idea of why do we need to, why do we need to look at videos and films? And, and then sort of as I, as I grew, you know, into my love for movies, and I've always loved movies. I mean, I've, since I've been 
I don't know, old enough to watch movies and allowed to watch movies. That's a that didn't start with McGee and me or whatever. Um, yeah, I've always loved it, and and what I've seen is the parallels um, between storytelling. I mean, we we unashamedly work at a church here, and we work in Christian organizations, and so uh, we our job is to tell the greatest story ever told over and over again in relevant ways to a culture that may or may not want to hear it. Uh, and so the the idea of storytelling uh, versus, you know, the storytelling that happens in films, for me, it, it it's all together. You know, it's like this is, this is one uh, big, awesome thing that we need to understand better. Uh, and so I've always loved that, always loved – uh, even as I teach, you know, going from a point by point teacher to more of a storyteller, because that's that's how students learn. That's how I learn. I mean, I'm going to learn a lot more from uh, from a great creative uh, idea than I am from a lecture. It's just how I'm wired. So, Josh, where we really want to focus today um, is just, you know, I think all of us have spent time with you and we've seen this storyteller and not just like storyteller for facts but storyteller to really connect creatively you know what what's really frustrating to you of trying to create art or writing or movies of uh, just trying to be a christian like what roadblocks or struggles do you have to go through as you do this you know you've shared a couple with me before and I just think it'd be helpful for our listeners just to kind of know um, what you're going through. Okay, what's what roadblocks are there? Well, I think when you're uh, you're telling a story from our from my point of view, you know, I'm talking about faith. Uh, there are certain uh, in in ingrained things you can't do or talk about or say, uh, especially you know, for me uh, working with students, I can't say. Uh, I can't cover certain topics without sometimes sending a letter home to parents, let them know I'll be covering that topic, you know? So like off the cuff kind of you're limited. Uh, and, and when it comes to, you know, writing something, you know, you're, you are kind of boxed in. Uh, it feels like there's a culture there, a Christian culture that boxes you in of like, uh, you can, you can talk about these things, but you can't really go too deep into that, or you can't really, uh, describe that too graphically or whatever. Um, because, uh, you know, it, it would offend us or it wouldn't be maybe honoring, uh, of Jesus or, or even, you know, I think one of the biggest things that I see is, um, or I've encountered is when I'm writing something, maybe it's a commercial for something or whatever, um, you can't uh, you can't speak the way people speak. You know when you're when you're writing something and, and it's going to be labeled as Christian. Uh, you we talked about this a little bit before we started. Uh, you you have to write an argument scene or something, but but somehow you get through an entire argument and nobody's really expressed any of those words that come up in a typical human argument. Um, and Darn. it's just, yeah. And it's just, it's odd. Fiddlesticks. It's, yeah. <laughs> oh, shucks. You know, uh, it's just, yeah, it's strange. And, and then it becomes, uh, we've, we talked about Christian films, you know, and I don't know if you want to get into this really right now or not, but you know, they're, they can be really well done and well intentioned, but a lot of times they come off 
very inauthentic and a little cheesy uh, because, you know, you you go through something really crazy and the, the filmmaker and the writers do a great job of setting up this incredible tension and something big is about to go down. And then all of a sudden, just like something miraculous happens and fixes everything or nobody shows any emotion the way a human would show emotion. They're just like robots there. And you're like, ah, there's something missing. And it makes me feel I, like, I don't want to watch this anymore, you know? Uh, so and that's not a broad stroke of, like, every Christian film, but a lot of times uh, they don't come off as, like, realistic, you know? Yeah. Well, well, here's a, here's a question for you. you. You talked about using film to actually tell a story. Like, we're telling stories. You know, you, we, we get the opportunity to tell the greatest story ever told. Yeah. I love that. I think that's totally true. So... What films have you used that you think are like this is prime right here? Like this one. The, the other day, I'll 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 start. I was leaving leading a uh, guy's time the other day. I had like there was like no, I don't know, like twenty or thirty dudes, mm-hmm. and uh, I used the movie Twelve Strong. Have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And so yeah. guys' heads were getting blown off and everything. It was great. It was fantastic. But it was. It I don't was, think I could have that in a it church was, talk. So. Yeah, it was right. great. Depends on who you talk. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> See, I couldn't show that yeah, one. Yeah. So much. It, it sparked a lot of conversation. I'll put yeah, it that way. Absolutely. But there was a point to it. It wasn't yeah. just about that. But anyway, what 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 movies do you go to and you're like, oh man, if I could only pick one or two movies to like tell the story. Right. Are there one or two that you go, wow, this is, this nails it for me. Oh man. I mean, it it really depends on what you're talking about. Are you talking about forgiveness? Are you talking about the idea of, uh, of grace? Are you talking about death? Are you talking about, but I mean, there's a, there's a classic film. I've probably used more than any other film is Braveheart. Uh, Just so many clips there. Uh, of from there of like the reality of your situation and the the emotion of a situation and yet um, you know uh, tell, telling and being an example of what the human emotion spectrum looks like um, freedom, freedom. Uh, but there's so many I mean I've used I, everything I mean I've used t- you know Tommy Boy clips I've used. Force Gump. I've used. I mean, there, there. It's all over the place. Of like, what do you, what do you want to say? And is this now? Here's the thing that I've gotten in trouble with. As you, you know, if you've, as you've done this longer and longer, the great clip that used to be so good. Now kids have never seen that movie. So like Revenge. I remember using the Count of Monte Cristo. Remember that movie? Yeah. Oh my gosh, so many like fantastic clips. But now if I show that movie, people are like, well, did you just, did you make that in your backyard? <laughs> like I've never heard what's a Jim Caviezel. <laughs> and so, you know, you just, you constantly have to be under, you know, know what's relevant in culture, what's happening. And, and now you look at movies that are coming out there's a ton of like comic book films and things, but you know, Black Panther, you can use clips from Black Panther all day. Mm-hmm. I mean, all day. Uh, with some really, really great uh, just themes there. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I would say whatever you use, certainly it has to be on point, but it also has to be relevant to the, the people that are you're talking with, right? Right. This is the Why God Why podcast. Our guest is Josh Eisenhart joining myself, uh, Peter, and John. Again, our, our question is, uh, in broad strokes, 
why does Jesus hate good movies? And I think, Josh, what we're ultimately trying to have a conversation around for our listeners, um, you know, thinking of our listeners who are just out of college and are in that sweet spot of deciding who they, what they want their purpose to be, and they're uh, meeting new and different people. And again, the, I think the stereotype that gets thrown around a lot is that they enter into the um, church community or Christian community are introduced to someone in it, and they don't have anything to connect with that individual about because everything they say, hey, did you see XYZ last night? And they say, oh, we don't do that type of thing. Or uh, on Fridays, we go out um, for for beers and watch sports and we play board games on Fridays. So well, how do you, how do you kind of, and there's nothing wrong with either of those things, <laughs> but I, I guess that's um, where we're trying to move the conversation. Are you making fun of my board game club, Harry? <laughs> wait, wait, can I just say one thing before he answers that? Like I moved to Rochester and, you know, I grew up in Binghamton, lived in Philadelphia and like all of a sudden I heard this game Euchre like, oh, yeah, like I would have thought it was this, and like I thought it was like a cult or something. <laughs> and I was like, you spend Friday nights playing you, anyways. The Euchre the- cult is strong in Rochester <laughs> strong. for some reason. I'm not sure why. Continue, but uh, so yes, could you read what was the question again? Uh, exactly. <laughs> you said a lot of things. So ultimately, it's this idea that, um, what is our answer around the stereotype that is, um, Entering immediate when I often meet someone who's Christian, let's say again, I'm putting this in the context I'm just out of school, I'm a non believer. Um, they come off as very unconnectable, someone I can't relate to, unrelatable, excuse me. And when I guess is that stereotype true, and is it true because that's what we believe as Christians and that's what followers of Jesus actually believe, right? I, I would say that that. I mean, I would say that that is a pretty typical, you know, point of view that you would you would meet someone like that, and I think that comes from um, a long, I mean, probably a very long history of Christians almost being encouraged to disengage with culture. That we, if we see something that, um, the, if if a film has nudity in it or a song has a swear word in it, we automatically write it off. And we say, this is no good. This isn't honoring. This isn't, um, you know, something I should be watching. And I think that's been, uh, that's not, a, that's not true. Uh, uh, as, in other words, that's not what I would think Jesus would think. I think Jesus did a lot of work engaging in culture uh, and not trying to um, sugarcoat, you know, the world that, that he, you know, lived and breathed in. Uh, but I think as, as a you know, as Christians and in this culture, uh, there's a there's there is there's a, been a fear almost of uh, if I watch this, if I if I listen to this, if I say that I like this, um, even if it's a great story, there's that one scene or whatever um, that we you know I'm I don't I disengage with that, and therefore those Christians are missing incredible opportunities for engaging with other people, talking about talking about a great film or a great song and what that really means, what the deeper meaning is, not just the the shallow or the, you know, the um, top of it, you know, there's the, the shallow parts of it, but rather the deeper meaning within those those films and those songs. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if that answers your question so much or, you know, 
No, I think that's fair. I, I, I suppose the only follow-up would be is uh, should we engage uh, others um, in that thought process of – so let's say, for example, I – and this is very obvious because of my namesake – I love Harry Potter. I think it's the greatest story. (laughs) It is just such a great um, form of entertainment for me. But I truly was drawn to it because of the fact that it felt like it represented so overtly the the Christian message. Absolutely. And that's what maybe immediately drew me to it. And I wonder if that's present more than society thinks it is. And maybe is that our role in this conversation is to say, hey, there is a lot of great entertainment out there that it wouldn't traditionally be seen as Christian, but I can show you XYZ clip, as you guys mentioned earlier, and say, you know, that there is a truth in there and there is there is a story of Christ in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say I, I come from the point of view, and I, this has been a growth process for me, but that truth is truth, like truth belongs to God. Right, uh, and so we find that all over the place in everything. And you, you know, I remember growing up, I was very, uh, very much like you listen to Southern gospel music. This is what you do. You you only watch you know Disney family films that are you know very Disney family friendly. Even the stuff coming out today would probably not cut it. Uh, so I, when I first watched sort of those those bigger, you know, stories that people came out with and and movies, it it was mind-blowing to me because I saw the story, the gospel interwoven in these stories, even when filmmakers weren't trying to do that, right? So I think that the thing that we need to understand is that people who are making movies are asking the same questions that we're asking, right? Like, why am I here? What is my purpose? you know, what What should I be doing while I'm here? They're asking the same things, whether they have faith or not. Um, and so we can find that truth, those glimpses of truth within all these films. Now, sometimes it's, you know, it's obvious, right? This is not a good movie to watch. Even if somewhere dug down deep, there's a little nugget, it's probably not going to be worth it for me. I, I struggle with this. I struggle with this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to touch. Okay. I think that's fair. But I think when we come from the standpoint of, you know, I'm not going to watch that because there's there's a wizard in that. And that might feel ungodly for some reason. How about if the wizard has a wand? Yeah, if the I mean, wizard, that, there's that, a wizard, that, a wand, we're not going to watch it. You're missing yeah. an entire opportunity to to see, like, the story of redemption and the story of the story of the gospel, Right. Uh, And sacrifice and forgiveness and all those things that we see in those great epic films like Harry Potter and Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. Just like, man, there's so, so much good stuff. Um, So, yeah, I mean. Yeah, uh, that's what I got for that. (laughs) You know, it's um, in 2016, 538 from ESPN. um, They're a stats organization. They did a whole article on the over positivity of Christian music. And like Christians were like two times more likely to write about happier themes. And, you know, I think the thing I left with the article is that's not reflective of the Bible, you know? Not at all. And, you know, in the Bible, you know, we've talked about this before in the podcast that like 
I mean, to answer the question directly, maybe I should let Josh do this. You know, why does Jesus hate good movies? Like he doesn't, first of all, because like as you read the Bible, you find that there are just gruesome, weird stories. And that's all complicated. So let's kind of just hone in on that. Like Jesus seems more comfortable with human messiness than we do. And I include whether you're following Jesus or whether you're skeptical of Jesus, wherever you are in your faith journey, it seems that Jesus is more comfortable having that discussion. You know, you look at some of the Psalms, they go into the depths and darkness of depression. You look at some of the figures of faith and like they talk about affairs and they talk about those like, like for some reason, Jesus is okay with that. And he's okay to share that because ultimately it leads to redemption. Um, you know, Josh, I'd be curious about this. You know, one of my professors in college, he uh, we were talking about entertainment and the Christian worldview, and he would quote this guy, Harry Blamires, who said this, like, if something shows the beauty of holiness and the ugliness of sin, it can be considered Christian. You know, I think about that. And, you know, where I'm curious, like, so a movie like Ocean's Eleven, which I haven't heard a Christian say we shouldn't watch that. You know, spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen Ocean's Eleven or Ocean's 25, um, spoiler alert, like the thieves break into the casinos. Okay. You could make an argument that that movie doesn't necessarily reflect Christian principles, but then like a movie, you know, again, I'm going to go way back. It's the first one I think about, but is Unfaithful by Diane Lane and Richard Gere, which there's two famous actors and actresses that are in this movie, and it talks about the terribleness of an affair and the ugliness of sin, but there is, spoiler alert, redemptive qualities at the end of it. So, how, A little bit. Maybe, but, you know. I mean. But, like. You're but, right. No, I'm not, and I'm 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 tracking with you as far as like it is for my faith and growing my faith and understand better understanding my faith is a movie like Unfaithful better than Ocean's Love. Absolutely, because you're gonna you're wrestling with human thought and emotion and and the real things that we go through and the real redemptive quality that's offered through Christ. Right. So you're right on that. Um, yeah, Unfaithful might not be. I think they do kill the guy at some point. So. It's probably not good. Well, well, I mean, uh, accidentally, the maybe? But, I but but the funny thing is, is like even bringing up, and again, it's not a movie that I've seen all the way through. I just kind of know, and even me bringing it up, it's awkward because it's about an affair, and yeah. it's about. But like again, these are the uncomfortable conversations right. we want to have. Yeah, but absolutely. Like, how does that definition fit with you? Like the beauty of holiness, mm-hmm. you know? Because it seems like you have a very open tent to what explains the gospel versus some people like if it doesn't say Jesus, if it doesn't like the Bible or, right. you know, if it doesn't fit these quality, I don't know. What do right. you think? Well, I would, I mean, I would argue, and I, I agree. I think that's a great way to, st- to state it. So your, your professor's buddy, whoever he's quoting <laughs> is fantastic. Uh, because I would say I, I've always disliked, I, I see I'm editing right now. I've always disliked the notion of, of labeling something Christian. Right, Christian music, Christian movies, whatever. Can it just be music? Can it just be a movie? So, I mean, 
the the reason we say it's Christian or faith based or whatever is be, is is really a marketing ploy, right? I mean, it's so that we can sell that thing to a certain group of people who we know are going to buy it. And what happens is a lot of times the art coming out of that is less than. It's not very good a lot of times because we're we know we can hit that market if we put the word Christian on it. So if we if we just put our name out, say we're a band and we're kind of okay. Um, if we just put it out there into the music verse, is it a, is that a thing? A music verse, the universe, uh, and we're a band, and we're just another band. We're not going to sell. We're not going to get known. We're going to be lost under a billion other. But if we say we're a Christian band, that now sounds like you too. We've narrowed. <laughs> yes. Now we've narrowed the scope, and if our message is even remotely okay. Then people are going to buy. You have a you have a whole new demographic. Same thing goes with film, right? Um, and I've always been, yeah, I've always been leery of that. Like, why can't we just call a you know a movie a movie? And you can put it into a genre, but I don't think Christian is a genre. Christian is a, a mindset of people. It's or a you know a faith of people. It's not. It's not horror. It's not comedy. It makes no sense to me. You go in and you see the different genres, and all of a sudden, a belief system is there next to rom-com. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me, but it makes sense for some people, I guess. Um, so I would say absolutely. I mean, if you're – the theme in the the heart of a film is about, you know, the holiness and redemptive quality, e- even if it's not uh, overtly Christian, I think that's a huge, huge win in a huge, huge way. And that's the way. So going back to my, you know, my, the youth pastoriness of my life, um, I've never been the kind of person, even, even in the, uh, well, probably in some extreme cases I have, but I've never been the kind of guy who said, don't go to this movie. Like you should stay away from this movie or this book or this music. It's, I've always enjoyed teaching students how to be, you know, consumers of media mm. instead of running away from it necessarily, learning before they even before they even go to the movie, okay, what kind of things do I see represented in the trailer? Is that going to be good for me? And then walking away from it, what can I really, how do I know God better because I watched this film? Mm. Uh, and and you can you can find that in a lot of different things. I just watched, I watch movies all the time. Like I have... I have I had the movie pass thing until that blew up. Uh, some some there's are we talking about bad business models today? Yeah, Is that uh, we'll talk about movies. But anyway, uh, and hey, now it I'm wasn't I, a bad business model. Not you for were, me. For I you. watched like thirty yeah. movies in three months. It was incredible. Um, it was, I yeah didn't get a lot of time with the family though. That was a bad thing. <laughs> uh, no, but <laughs> sorry. Um, but I just, you know, I watched a movie like the Bohemian Rhapsody movie, right? So this is the story of Freddie Mercury. And we, you know, it's well documented. There should be no spoiler alerts about that one either. Uh, it's well documented who he was. and and But the story of him and his relationship with his father really, you know, uh, stood out to me. The story of him uh, and him trying to figure out his identity as a person, not necessarily, you know, anything other than just where do I fit in? What is my voice? How am I, how do I, you know, make a, make a name for myself in this world in the midst of, 
you know, having a few disadvantages. He was, uh, you know, the son of an immigrant, all the kind of things that um, would put him, as the culture would say, at a disadvantage. Uh, and it's just a very compelling story. And what you see in that are you see tones of like him, him uh, just going through that journey together and we can come back to us and we can say, okay, well, what about me? What gets, what's my identity? Well, if we're Christians, we say our identity is found in Christ, right? So we get to that. Um, or, or how do I, you know, how do I constitute what is success and what is not success? Those kind of things. So I think you can find that in many, many films. You know, I, I'm going to take us in a different direction. So at the recording of this, uh, I believe last week was the Oscars. Yeah. Um, share kind of a few thoughts of what you thought about that. Cause you know, I think what I thought about the Oscars, you know, I, I'm thinking about, you know, just who, what movies got, you know, you know, awards and yeah. just, you know, maybe someday we'll, we'll do the, why God, why Oscars take next year. Oh, but, uh, yeah. now we're talking, yeah. now we're talking, but <laughs> we're talking. I don't know. I just, in this cultural moment, you know, there's been a lot of discussion on that. Just, I'd like to hear some of your thoughts of what stood out to you. Well, I mean, I think, I think from the, to start it off of why, so I think a lot of Christians would say, um, and I'm on message boards with like other youth pastors and things, and they talk about the Oscars. And the, a lot of times the question is, why would I waste my time watching that? This is trash or Hollywood and blah, 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 liberal and all that stuff. Um, but why, I mean, why watch the Oscars? These are, these are films that are uh, being celebrated for their storytelling and their messaging. And these are somebody somewhere is watching these films and they're saying, this is excellently done. This is great storytelling and it's representative of our culture. Why would we not pay attention to that? Right. I mean, if we're going to be Christians who uh, are in, in the world, actually having conversations with people that are relevant, um, we have to know what, what they're talking about. We have to know what the culture is that we're engaging in. And so, you know, I, I think uh, the Green Book won for Best Picture, which is, you know, um, which got some flack for that because it, it's this story of a, a African-American man in the, what is it, the 50s, 40s, so somewhere in there. Somewhere. Somewhere in there, uh, who's who's traveling around the South and needs to hire protection because that's the culture of that time period that he felt unsafe, and so he hires this this guy from New Jersey or something, and uh, and the story is an, again how how they as human beings and and they put aside the stuff the other stuff in their life and they develop this great relationship. And uh, there, it's a. I mean, there's a lot more going on in that movie, but it got it got a little flack because it painted things a little too rosy. I think, right? And so, you know, you go from from that movie to a film like Spike Lee's film Black Klansman, who which you know portrayed this um, this well, it's a ridiculously crazy story of uh, uh, African American man infiltrating the KKK. Uh, again, way back, not, this isn't in 2019, I don't think this was way back, but he's even bringing, you know, themes of stuff happening today into his film. So, I mean, that's the art of filmmaking. That's it. You know, like taking where we are as a culture, putting it into a film where people are going to look at it and they're going to walk away thinking, man, how, how, what do I think about this 
uh, what were the themes of this and what should I learn from this? I mean, that happens in every film. So you have a film, films like the ones that are up for Oscars and not all of them are, you know, my cup of tea per se. Uh, some of them are, but uh, you walk away like questioning things and really feeling what the director was trying to say and what the writers were saying um, versus you walk away from maybe a, a Christian film and you, 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 you're most of the time you're walking away believing what you already believed or you're confused because somehow something miraculous happened that came and fixed everything at the end and you didn't really nobody worked for the re resolve of the movie. I, I read a quote one time that said, um, you know, you're allowed to have to use coincidence as you're writing a story. You're allowed to use coincidence to get into trouble, but you're not allowed to use coincidence to get out of trouble. And that's where a lot of times Christian films, they don't do the work. They just like, Oh, all of a sudden uh, a car showed up and your long lost cousin was there from 50 years ago. That was the actual problem with the whole movie. I, wait, what are you talking about? Where'd that guy come from? Anyway, sorry. Well, Josh, uh, we like to conclude every episode of why God, why um, with bringing Jesus uh, into the forefront of the conversation. And what does Jesus teach us about today's question? Obviously he's, he's in the title of our question. Why does uh, Jesus hate good movies? So we're not necessarily uh, having us uh, conclude on answering that specific question, but just um, bringing Jesus into this topic uh, for each of us, we'll give you the last word. Uh, but if uh, Peter or John wants to get us rolling and we'll wrap things up. Yeah, I just, I want to speak to those of you there that kind of feel that Christians are judgmental about movies, music, and entertainment. And one of my favorite passages of scripture uh, is in Romans 14. And Paul talks about, Paul, the writer of Romans, talks about these situations that we're in where there isn't necessarily a clear black or white. You know, there isn't like, I mean, I could see Paul sitting with us right now talking about these movies, and he brings it up as a matter of conscience, you know? So when you think about watching a movie and would Jesus watch this movie, and I think what Josh has done today is painted a picture that there's a redemptive quality to watching a movie that you can sit back and say, I was challenged and I was uncomfortable, versus where I think sometimes where Christians have gone wrong with movies and they've made Jesus out to hate movies or music where it's because it has this one thing that I can't watch it, you know, because it has this sinful act, so to speak, you know, nudity, taking drugs. But I think getting to the better question, why are you consuming this entertainment and does it lead us to look at Jesus in a different way? I think we've leaned far too often on thinking that, Jesus is against good movies because of maybe certain things that seem to color outside the lines, whereas we're not looking at the bigger picture as a whole. And I'm leaving here today wondering how often Jesus is opening us up by seeing these movies and opening our perspectives. And I hope that if you were to talk to one of us, whether it's Josh, me, John, or Harry, that you would feel comfortable having that conversation. Um, you know, why are you watching Game of Thrones? You know, why are you watching, um, you know, uh, you know, Black Klansmen, as Josh mentioned, or or even just, uh, what was the movie called? The Green, Green the Green Book, you know. Um, and I'll be honest, I don't watch a lot of movies. I'm a little bit more of a TV show guy, but 
you know, why are we watching those and are they bringing redemptive qualities to have better conversations? And I think Jesus would be all about that. Yeah, I, I, as I think about this question, I think one of the fundamental maybe assumptions that we make is that Christianity is about just exclusively a belief system. And that I don't, when I see Jesus teach, I don't see him just giving, as Josh, you alluded to earlier, like a bunch of a five point outline and then hoping that everybody gets mm-hmm. his outline like that. I, I just never see him do that. But what he is really great at is telling stories like Jesus is all about story. And some of the stories that he tells are scandalous, especially if you were in the day that he told them, you would look at that and go, this guy is he's on the edge, man. I mean, he's pushing the envelope and the stories that he's telling this doesn't make any sense. You're offending me, Jesus. As a matter of fact, he offended a lot of religious people by some of the stories that he told. So I think it's just important for us as we approach this this subject to realize that, that, that that's who he is. You know, we always like to frame this time in terms of who Jesus is. I think Jesus is one of his great character qualities is that he's an amazing storyteller and he uses those stories to convey spiritual truths that he knows that we wouldn't get any other way other than that concept of story. And so he doesn't, he isn't against that. He's actually for that. So um, anyway, that's just one of my thoughts as I was thinking, Josh, why don't you, why don't you back clean up, man? (laughs) And uh, just hit one over the fence in this, uh, we we try baseball reference. We try to do a bad job to make you look better. I thought that was great. (laughs) What am I supposed to say? Uh, I mean, I, I, you couldn't be more right that Jesus was a storyteller and, and uh, you know, I often, as like, like you said, the the reason we have to show clips is that Jesus was an incredible storyteller, and now, but today's culture, right? He was telling stories for that culture. A lot of farm stuff, a lot of worker stuff, a lot of things that kids today are like, uh, what is he talking about? I don't even know what he's talking about. Uh, and so that's our job to like help them understand that, and we do that, but that's where the movie clips come in too. Like That gives them a more relevant idea of this is a story that would have been sort of closer to the example Jesus would use if he was in the room writing the Bible today. Uh, So I I think Jesus was an incredible storyteller. I I guess I would say, you know, he very clearly calls us to be a light in this world. And you can't be a light in a world that you're not engaged in. So you have to be understanding. It doesn't mean you look the same. He clearly calls us to look different. He clearly says, you know, people are going to know that you're different. It should, it should be obvious that you are not like them. But at the same time, you should be engaged in the world. You should be engaged with uh, people who have different beliefs than you. And you should be looking for common ground to talk to them about, about me. And however that happens, it's got to happen. Our job is to share the gospel with people. And so I think for us to be engaged in culture, to um, responsibly consume media that we can learn from, use, grow from, I mean, it, it makes all the difference in the world when we're talking to, when I'm talking to a student or someone on a, a you know, in the city and, and just asking them about who they are and what they do. And then all of a sudden we start talking about movies 
you know, if we can come together on something and then I can say, hey, you know, that that moment was such a cool moment in that film. It kind of reminds me of uh, the way I live my life because I live it out. You know, I live it for Christ or whatever. You know, there's probably better transitions for that. But but the point being, you know, I think we're, we're so called to be um, a part of the world that we live in and a redemptive part of God's story. You know, he chose us to be to be a part of this. He doesn't need us, but he lets us in on it. And so uh, if we're kind of running away from it all the time, we're missing the point, I think, completely. So, Josh Eisenhart, thanks for being part of the Why God Why podcast. Oh, man, that was stressful. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any questions you would like to ask myself, Peter, or John uh, to address on the podcast, just want to comment on our podcast, please check us out at Why God Why podcast. Dot com. Thanks for listening.